Welcome back to a season five opener of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. And ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to talk all about uh, relationships and arguing and conflict resolution and how do we find a baseline of security and happiness that endures despite the fact that the world is a crazy, unkind place. You know, at the end of the day, we're becoming a fragile people. At the end of the day, when a job insecurity and a world insecurity is at a fever pitch, uh, we are probably all becoming quite fragile and broken as people. As a result of that, sometimes we don't always come as correct or come as kind as we should. And at the end of the day, how do we uh, sort of get along with folks that we care about the most? Because we tend to hurt those that we love the most when we're upset. So Rebecca and I are going to talk all about our relationship and the little squabble we had on our birthday. Nothing big, but uh, it, it did uh, sort of force me to understand uh, uh, how to be more self-aware and how to be more present during an argument. And sometimes, you know, in this world, as the the fleecing of America continues to ruin our economy and the job front for regular working class people, we want uh, a life and to feel like adults and we want to feel mature. We want to feel uh, grown up and we want the life we deserve. And sometimes we get resentful and scornful of that. And how do we not take that out on those we love the most? So that's what this is going to be all about. We're going to talk about my little squabble with Rebecca and my little squabble with my mom. In fact, it was kind of a blowout more than a squabble. Uh, And I'm not always uh, uh, proud of that. But at the end of the day, we hopefully will learn from that. We learn, we grow, we get better. And then we learn to argue kinder in the future. We're trying to put on a intelligent and thoughtful show for you guys so please if you can pitch into the cause come on over to my link tree or patreon that's linktree forward slash chef comedy or patreon forward slash chef comedy and let's begin welcome back ladies and gentlemen to season five opener of surviving empathy podcast I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and welcome back, you guys. It's been a spell. It's good to be back. Uh, I want to introduce my wife and co-host. She's the co-host of, of the... Ah, screwed it up. <laughs> I don't care. I'm pushing through it. I'll do it live. <laughs> Bill I'll do it live. Welcome back, baby. Rebecca Russell, please say hello to the folks. Hi. <laughs> it's so anticlimactic after such a big setup. That's how I do. <laughs> That's right. Well, anyways, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys are doing well out there. Uh, so today, today's episode is going to be all about uh, male-female relations, awareness of other people, finding a baseline of comfort, security, and happiness that endures despite the fact that you're not always happy. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I think... I think that's why people can rob us of our joy so easily is because at the end of the day we're not happy we're frustrated life is fucking bonkers and people are bonkers and it's so easy to have 
people rob us of our joy, especially if we're off kilter, off centered. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And it yeah. happened to us today, and that's why we're recording. I'm like, uh, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's have a show. Let's make it a learning moment, you know, because at the end of the day, we're not perfect people. Um, I have all kinds of issues. Um, but what it boils down to is uh, finding your comfort and your peace and your love and that innermost joy inside of you and saying, fuck it. And learning to be a diplomat, even though all you really want to do is punch people in the face. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what it boils down to. Yes. And some people are exceedingly good at being diplomats when they're angry. Uh, I'm pretty good at it. I would like to get better at it. But at the end of the day, some people just never, when they're mad, they don't want to make amends at all. They don't show any signs of you know sanity or reason or diplomacy and uh and it just depends on how you react when you're angry now does that mean that i'm proud of the fact that i get explosively angry when pushed too far no i don't like it i don't like it in myself i don't like the havoc that it creates between my relationships um and uh you know rebecca and i got into it a little bit on the day of our trip we were leaving this weekend rebecca had her 50 year landmark birthday and it's great (laughs) and it's great and i think it's a wonderful thing and it should be celebrated i know women are all anti getting old and all that but 50 is cool 50 is a good year i bet you there's a lot of folks wish they could still be 50 again so you know at the end of the day but we you know i woke up with a migraine that day and we kind of got into it a little bit and then we had a nice trip and we smoothed everything out and i wanted to talk about people because i kind of learned something on that trip you know you know watching your sister and her boyfriend and uh, what we went through and uh, my intentions and then getting home and then sort of getting into it with my mom it's like it's terrible it's tragic that we have to argue and that we can't just see each other as people from crying out loud you know yeah that's what it boils down to sometimes in the moment you just don't see someone as worthy or deserving of 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 kindness of of humanness you know and uh and then there must be some something in the water because you know it happened to me today it happened to us friday and then my best friend texted me the other just a few minutes ago like getting into it with his wife too and so i want to talk about his conflict a little bit and how can we find conflict resolution how can we find solutions to these problems because we have to live with these people you know we live with people we live with roommates or we live with parents or we live in multi-generational families or we live in extended families or we live in apartments with shared uh walls and such and so at the end of the day if you can't get along with people you might as well hang it up because you ain't getting away from them so especially when you have certain financial or social obligations so at the end of the day i wanted to talk about that yeah no yep Anyway, it's good to be back. I kind of wanted to start the show, though, uh, just saying happy birthday, babe. You're fucking 50, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm only 48, you guys. I'm only I'm a youngin'. <laughs> She's my cougar, and I'm her little pup cub. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Uh, yep. But I'm just teasing. But, um, no, I'll be 49 in April, April 4th. And then, uh, uh, and then so you got it, what, a year and two months on me, I guess? <laughs> yeah, she's my cougar. But uh, talk about it. How do you feel about getting turning 50, uh, and then talk about the trip a little bit. Yeah, I feel fine. I mean, yeah. I I don't look it, 
So that always Thank helps. God. I mean, I think that's the catch right there. I, I could be 150 so long as I look good. Yeah. If I'm well, feeling and good I, and looking good, then it don't matter. Then age is just a number, right? Yeah. And that's the case with a lot of people, I think. Like 50 now doesn't look like 50 did in the 70s. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Probably all them cigarettes. That probably did not help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was just nice to go up to Portland mm. and have dinner and a few drinks and just kind of get away from the the little town for a little bit. But I'm glad to be back to the little town. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know. It makes me realize, you know, as an empath, I didn't realize I was going to have such a strong reaction to Portland when we were up there. But so, you know, I wake up Friday. I have a migraine. But. We're, we're going on this trip. Win, lose, or draw, motherfucker. Be ready. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I should go. You know, what if I end up just dragging you down all weekend? And then, you know how it is. You know, she's like, well, I'm going. And sorry. You know, and so I decided I'm not going to go. I'm so sorry, hon. I'm going to, you know, I started icing my neck and just this terrible headache because the weather up here is shite, you know. And then finally, I'm like, no, I hear her crying in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, no, I can't do this. I can't do this to her. Not on her 50th, man. If it was any other birthday in the world, maybe, maybe. But I'm like, no, I can't do this to you. So I sucked it up and I went, right? And we kind of squabbled at first. We were squabbling, you know, because I hurt your feelings and I, and I didn't mean to do that, you know? And, um, and then, uh, you know, it, I was just having one of those moments where I was like, you know, men have feelings too, goddammit. And I was very ostentatious about it. I was like, no, I'm putting my foot down. Men have feelings too. We're not just cocks attached to wallets. We're people. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about that a little bit later because we're going to talk yeah. about Jim. But uh, but then, you know, I told you no. You know, because there was this time back in the, the early days where it seemed like we were getting into an argument anytime there was a important day. Whether that be, you know, uh, a birthday or an anniversary or whatever, it felt like we got into it on those days. And, and for a while there, you thought I was, you know, intentionally trying to sabotage it. And I'm like, no, it's just kind of one of those things. And I don't know what it was in those days, but I was trying to tell you that, no, no, of course not. No, I love you. And, and we need to learn better ways to communicate and better ways for there to be conflict resolution. Because at the end of the day, I don't think we mean to hurt one another um and i say that uh, you and me but also men and women in general relationships we don't mean to hurt one another but we just do because we're feeling hurt in the moment ourselves. and unfortunately i'm carrying a lot of fucking baggage i know this i know i have to dump some of this baggage off in the river you know but it's still there and i can't help it and so at the end of the day i think that's the cumulative effect of a society that just puts too much fucking pressure on men, puts too much pressure on people in general. Would you want to maybe speak on that a little? Well, it definitely does. It's just you're constantly being bombarded. Like, you need to do this. You need to do that. You should be looking like this. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And it's just, it's hard to keep that out of your subconscious. Yes. Because even if you mm. don't feel that way about things, like it kind of seeps in and then it makes you feel one way or another. And well, and especially when you're energetically sensitive is that you feel shit around you. And whether you know it or like it or not, you know, some people think that's a bunch of hogwash. But if you've ever had somebody sneak up on you in a bedroom and you're like, hey, I feel someone's there. Guess what, motherfucker? You're an empath. It's not yeah. that weird. I mean, at the end of the day, 
We don't know a lot about our inherent sense of awareness. We have an energetic awareness of things around us. And whether that's, you know, supernatural powers or just a, a, a residue from our instinctual days of being an animal, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what it means is, is that we have to learn how to gauge our feelings and put them in perspective and then learning how to sort of um, have a sense of awareness about ourselves and how we affect others and then start learning ways to temper that and be more diplomatic, being more mature when all we want to do is punch somebody in the face. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, yeah. you know, because we get when you're angry in the moment, it's just pure rage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it and is. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud that I get angry and explosive like it's 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 embarrassing it's really embarrassing because i thought i was better than that i thought i'd moved on from that i thought i've grown more than that but then i'm like screaming at the top of my lungs blowing my voice out you can hear it still and i'm embarrassed by that why because i'm a i have a podcast all about being kind all about being good to people but that's what i'm trying to say you guys at the end of the day i mean we're kind despite the fact that we still have fucking issues. We have to yeah. learn to grapple with those issues and learn to be a better person. And that's how we have to learn to take arguments and argumentation as a form of conflict resolution, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But getting back to our trip, you know, uh, I had a great time. I love your sister dearly. So none of this is personal. Just forewarning you. We're just... Cleaning out the closet, clear, clearing bad air, bad energy. Um, your sister and I, for whatever reason, have always had sort of a tumultuous relationship. Uh, a lot of it has to do with is she just sees me as this dumb hillbilly redneck army guy when I'm so much more than that. And I see her as like a hipster douche. And we can't seem to connect. And, and as the years have gone on, I've gotten much more easy going about that i don't ne get nearly as uh, frustrated with her as i used to yeah. um but there's still that like fuck you girl i'm a person i'm not just some bearded redneck fuck you i'm not some you know kentucky hillbilly fuck you <laughs> you know i've got a mind body and soul and i'm intelligent and i'm kind and uh, the fact that she just doesn't seem to see me you want you know it's like uh, it's like an avatar i see you it means i see you i see what you're all about and she just for whatever hang up she has she doesn't see me always and it pisses me off <laughs> talk yeah, about that <laughs> i know I, it's it's weird and i don't understand it and i just i i don't even know what to say about it mm. it's just it is I, what it is i it, mean yeah and ain't it's no just, thing yeah and I love both of you, and mm -hmm. I, I love her too. Just, I mean, yeah. I do. I, she's your sister for crying out loud. I would protect you with my life, but at the same time, it's like I'm a person. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, and you know? I just kind of I think the way we grew up, we're kind of conflict averse, and I just don't yeah. even want to bring it up and cause even more yeah issues. Your, when I, what we should do is just have hash it mm -hmm. out, and I just don't want to. You're right. So you don't want that day to come because it's going to yeah. be d dirty, yeah. down and dirty. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, because I don't see, I don't take um, offense to her. I don't dislike her. I care about her. I think she's got good taste. I think she's intelligent and sensible and kind. 
Um, but she, I don't know. I think there's a lot of women in our culture today that just see men as just a cock in a wallet. They don't see us as people. And maybe that's because they've had bad boyfriends in the past. Or maybe it's because they were raised as little princesses. Or maybe it's none of that. Maybe it's just that they're people and they just never really explored their inner self enough to realize that men are just people. I think a lot of times we forget at the end of the day that when we're on the receiving end of someone, we forget that that person is a human. We're human yeah. beings and we have feelings, you know? Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, I would love to be able to just like <clears throat> go to a counseling appointment and just hash it out. But I don't want to do it without that, like, that arbiter, referee. The yeah. referee, yeah. right, right. I, could, I just, yeah. Well, yeah, you saw how it just went with my mom and I. I mean, I love my mom. She's a good woman, you know, has nothing to do with my judgment of her as a person or my judgment of her as being good or bad or any of that. It has to do with I'm unhappy. I'm stressed out. And when you antagonize me and you don't let me talk, I go crazy. And there's just some people that know how to push our buttons to the point where we go nuts. Yeah. People out there, there's nobody on this planet that could make me upset. Because I just go, well, who the fuck are you? But when it's your own mother, they just know how to get under your skin and just away and you go nuts and then you feel like an idiot, like you haven't made any progress at all. But I, I assure you, I have. It's just in that moment, it's like you're 15 again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. So I just, well, I thought it was a really good idea to clear the air and talk about all this. Yeah. Um, so how, did you did you like the food? Tell folks about the birthday, and we'll yeah. move on. Yeah, I mean, we went to a little Italian mm-hmm. place for my birthday, which we did because as a kid, like growing up, I always wanted lasagna on my birthday. Yeah, and lasagna paid a big part in my sixteenth birthday because my mom had a surprise birthday party for me and she cooked the lasagna in a neighbor's oven, so I wouldn't know what was going on. And right, right. So my sister made reservations at a small little Italian place because lasagna. So yeah, it was, why not? yeah. And so the thought behind that was pretty, was very sweet. And yeah, well, I, that's what I mean, a- there's nothing, your sister is all there. Like if there was something drastically missing from her, I would just say, you know why she d- treats me this way is because there's something wrong with her, but she's all there. So why she has a blind spot for me, I don't know. I don't know. Is it the beard? I Do I need to I shave the beard? <laughs> Do I need to be more of a hipster? Do I have to drink, you know, special lattes in order to be her kind of people? Do I have to drive scooters? What's the deal? I don't know. But anyway. I love her. Don't I get had, me wrong. I'm I kidding. I'm playing. I had lasagna and it was really good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of course. No, I know. Um, there's, As you can see, there's a little bit there still. <laughs> well, we're working on it. But um, but yeah, yeah. That was very special because it means, you're, that's what I mean is your sister has all the sentimentality of a very intelligent, self-aware person. Um, and and, I, and I, lo- I like her boyfriend a lot too, Phil. Very nice guy. Uh, just that he's we're different, you know, he's uh, kind of trendy and kind of kitschy and into scooter culture and retro culture and vinyl and whiskey and all that. I think he's a connoisseur of quality and so am I. So we have that in common, but our sensibilities are just different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm an old army veteran and a uh, crusty motherfucker and, uh, you know, he's kind of, he's quiet and reserved. Well, I was going to say we're all, well, 
you're more outgoing than any of us, but all mm-hmm. of us are all kind of quiet in our own way. Yeah. So when you get four quiet people together, it's just kind of we're just weird. Crickets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're just cricketing together. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, it was a great time. And um, you know, my only problem with Phil is he mumbles sometimes, and I can't understand him, especially in loud rooms. I'm losing my hearing in my left ear because of the army and concerts and whatever. But um, but I I can't ar- hear that articulation in loud rooms, and so he's going. Yeah, it was really good. So, you know, so I'm like, ha! Like I'm like, I'm like. At, at one point, I just decided, fuck it. I'm not going to keep saying what. So I just smile and nod. And I hate that because I think he deserves my attention. He deserves my respect, and uh, I'm trying to give it to him. But how many times can you say what? And I'm and, and you don't want to offend them. Like, stop mumbling. Quit it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Phil. Quit it. I'm going to have to slap you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but, but I love them. Yeah. That's what it I mean. Was, it's I mean, nothing but love mm-hmm. on my side. I, I got yep. no malice for your sister or Phil. They're good people. They know quality. They they're good. Um, it's just that I woke up. You know we you know the re we went to there and then afterward we went and had cocktails at this really nice kitschy boutique uh, uh, cocktail lounge mm-hmm. and we and we had a few drinks and um, you know I probably had one too many but uh, and I you know didn't sleep great because of it and so the next day was kind of hell because i was hung over and uh your sister you know woke us up at eight in the morning with coffees i'm like what is going on <laughs> and i barely slept and i you know and i'm just like what in the fuck and and of course you explained it go ahead and explain mm. it oh well it's just that because my sister's an early bird because she works early and so she's just on a different schedule than we are first and my buddy all. jim's an early bird too, yeah, exactly. too and yeah it's just yeah but with with my sister, her, like I told you, her love language is feeding people. Right. So she literally, even though it was early, she came in. Like with a Jewish the, grandma. She Yeah. She <laughs> came in with the coffee because she thought it would help with our headaches and our right. feel and even help us sleep better because it kind of gets that little headachey part out of the way. And, and I was so tired and grouchy. I'm like, man, I ain't drinking coffee at eight. <laughs> go away. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just it, you know, and I want to clear that air with your sister because i don't have a problem with her i don't have a problem with phil i don't have a problem with her lifestyle she's a very mature very smart self-aware responsible woman sorry if that sounded weird i had to burp you guys um and he did and i did and i liked it (laughs) but um i just mean to say that uh there's no reason other than i i just I often wonder if some women, and this goes for men too, but I'm just speaking from my own personal, I have a penis, so I'm speaking as a man. I mean, no offense by it, because I love women, but I just mean to say that a a lot of women are raised either uh, to to have that princess thing where they're raised by such a good man that they no one no other man can qualify in their eyes or the opposite is that they've been burned by some really shitty boyfriend in the past and uh we don't know how to start over we don't know how to clean the slate and be fair and i think there's some women in our culture not all but some that just treat men like a cock in a wallet it's like, dude, we're people. We have feelings. And I know that sometimes that's hard if men are like a bunch of crazy, mean-spirited Trumpers or something like that. But when they're kind and sensible and you're still treating them like cock male oppressors, it's like, whoa, 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 wait a second here. Uh, do you want to speak on that a little bit? What is that and how can we sort of, as a society, learn um, to get along as men and women? 
Yeah, you just have to take a step back and just realize where you're coming from. And you might need to change things a little bit, change your thinking a little bit and adjust how you treat people or how you act with people. And yeah, because it's it's just when I in the year 2023, I'm like, why does your sister still think of me as this way thing? I mean, I don't know whether it's because, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I didn't go the, you know, sell out and just work corporate retail route. And because I I'm, I'm kind of unconventional. Does she hold that against me as a resentment in that? Does she hold my partial disability against me? Does she, you know, not see me as a man or something? I, at the end of the day, I feel like there's something there. And I just wish I could just like, you know, get it out of the way. But I don't dare broach it because your sister's just not one of those people that would be open to it. She yeah. would clam up worse and it would just make shit weirder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, but that's why we want to talk about it here is we want, we're not talking about all this to air our dirty laundry, but to teach a good learning lesson that conflict requires what conflict resolution and everything in life has conflict. We people all day, every day in every relationship, no matter how big or small, we have friction. There's going to be friction. You're in a bad mood. They're in a good mood, etc. People you know, create friction. And then a lot of times we hold on to resentment when we should let go. So speak on that. How do we, as people who have been hurt in the past, uh, how do we learn to uh, give people the benefit of the doubt and treat them with the sense of equality and diplomacy that they deserve? Yeah. Well, it's just like with everything in life, just be aware of how you are acting and how you're being like, take a step back, which a lot of us don't do because you just kind of get in a, a mode of how you do things and you don't really stop and think about why you're being certain ways or saying certain, certain things. And well, it's just, you just have to kind of take a step back and pay attention sometimes. Well, and I think that's because our, most people aren't in a position to identify their own faults because either they have low self-esteem and they don't want to go there or because they just, it's pathological. They just have, most people will preserve their sense of who they are, even if it's complete horseshit. Look at George Santos. Look at Donald Trump. These motherfuckers think of, they're all these things, and we all know they're lying. It's been proven millions of times, but they still have a pathological need to be these things, even though we've debunked it 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so what is my point? My point is, is that human beings have a blind spot when it comes to their own growth and maturity. Yeah, because it's hard to look at yourself and admit fault. Well, and that's why through the course of this show, I've grown so much in so many ways, and yet I'm not perfect yet. Um, but that's why I, I, I'm getting, it's getting hard for me to people anymore because we have gotten to such a high level of maturity and, and uh, you know, emotional intelligence that you go out there, the, the average person that has not had therapy, that has not, uh, had any kind of formal training in psychology or, or just uh, uh, doesn't have healthy coping mechanisms, the average human being is fucked in the head. And, and when you try to go out there, uh, more times than not, you are not going to find relationships that, that endure. Because why? Because they're not on your level. And that's not to say that we're so perfect. It just means that when you've created a world uh, that you can be proud of and a, and a happiness that endures, you don't want to invite a bunch of fucking bulls crashing the china shop, you know? Yeah. You don't yeah. want to bring a bunch of chaos into the world that you've 
handcrafted and, and worked so hard to perfect. No, you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's so. nothing against that person necessarily, but at the end of the day, I think the uh, it's like it's like uh, the rap, you know, mo mo people mo problems. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't mean that I don't like people. It just means I like people dot 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 over there. Mm-hmm. Do your thing. Live and let live. You do you. I'll do me. No malice, you know. At the yeah. end of the day, I think we have to learn to accept each other's differences oh my god can you imagine yeah we you do. know what i mean yeah, definitely yeah and so while we're on the subject i kind of wanted to talk about my friend because he texted me today and he's like you know he's a chiropractor and he's getting ready to have a massage because he's he got into it with his wife and they were arguing a little and and this is all on the heels of them just adopting their second baby they've got two babies together and he wants to have five six kids braver man than me i mean good good grief i mean i would fucking be miserable not because i don't like kids but because in this society i'm sorry to say it but mo mo money mo problems uh, hey give me more money and watch watch me do it right i mean i think you need money to be happy these days and we kind of not that we need tons of money but we need enough to be comfortable so we're not scared we need security at the end of the day you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but to make a long story short, he, he texted me, he called me, and I couldn't, I was, you know, I was taking a shit, you know, sorry. But I didn't call him back. He texted me, and I said, well, you know, he was saying, I go, what's going on? He, he goes, well, you know, my wife, she, I think she's got hang-ups about men, you know, that she just, she holds me to a better stand. Uh, she, she expects him to work and be the breadwinner and the bread earner and never you know, never get upset, never have feelings. And there's this expectation of men to be, you know, these brood mares to just produce results. And at the end of the day, we're human beings. And so men get like, I I really do. And I'm not saying this because women have it so easy because I don't think that at all. But as a man, I know the reason why there's such a crisis in America for men in our culture is because they are virtually ignored and uh, are held to too high of a standard. So what is it that we can do in our culture to not only allow men to feel better and feel liked and loved and nurtured and cared for, but how can we teach women, uh, you know, because I don't think women have it so easy either. I think women have probably the same thing just in a different form Mm -hmm. so speak on that from a woman's point of view because i don't know well yeah i mean it does go both ways of course course. you know just different things but um yeah we just we have to just see each other as people yeah like you just don't look at someone and say oh well he's a man so therefore this this, well i think that it's a person i think a lot of my falling outs with women have to do with the fact that a, a a vast swath of women in our society do not understand men do not care to understand men don't try to understand men and therefore when men get uh angry or irritable or anything at all they just go off the fucking deep end oh he's toxic he's toxic he's terrible fuck you (laughs) i'm not terrible i'm a good person but i'm a person for crying out loud so speak on that how do we get these women to understand that men despite the fact that they're bigger and stronger and have deeper voices that we're we're little kitty cats on the inside some you're not going to yeah some people are just so spoiled and so set in their ways and And you know my advice to you on that is fuck them 
Mm-hmm. You well, just yeah, don't invite chaos into your life yeah. if that's the way they are. Mm-hmm. Man or woman. Yeah. You know, because I know yeah. men aren't perfect either. I, I'm i not saying this as a, oh, well, men are so great and women are so imperfect. No, far from it. I just mean to say, from coming as a man, I've noticed that men feel um, there's a great injustice in the way men are treated in our society. They feel ignored. They feel like they're not good enough. They feel like they're held to too high of a standard. They feel like that they have to have giant dick and a big muscles and lots of money or else they're not worthy. And I think that's not fair. Now, that being said, I believe women have all those things too. Of course, just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. That's, yeah. That's of course. It. We're just all people. Right. And that's how you have to see people well, as people. <laughs> How do we, you know, because I know you're a woman, and I don't think women understand to what extent women do this to us. Women in our society. I, I, I speak on this show when I think in my head, when I'm closing my eyes, who do I think I'm talking to? I don't think I'm talking to men. I mostly think I'm talking to women. Why? Because women are more into feelings and being an empath and all these things. And so I am a very woman-focused, woman-oriented person. That being said, I'm a deep-voiced, red-blooded, veteran, American male. And that being said, though, I don't want that to be held against me just because I'm white or just because I'm male or just because I have this flap of skin between my legs. Speak on that. Well, yeah. I mean, none of that should be held against you. Just like none of the stuff held against women should be. Well, it's right. Just, it's just a societal thing that just needs to change. Well, you, you know how I see it? I see it like this. It's kind of like, you know, because you'll see white guys go, why do black people think that they get special treatment? Why do gay people think they get special? This is a lot, very much in the white sort of uh, Republican conservative mentalities is, well, we have feelings too, and blah, blah, blah. And yes, we do. They're absolutely right. But a lot of times they, um, they don't understand that there's a difference in the way we treat white males versus females or black people because they have, we have a long history of them being oppressed. Yeah, and so, exactly. as an oppressed culture, um, uh, not a lot of people have a lot of sympathy towards white males because a lot of them are the troublemakers and instigators in our culture. And and so, it, yeah, it's especially hard for me as a kind-hearted, you know, gentle, uh, empathic, you know, um, uh, progressive-minded dude. Um, but I have a long history of being a man, too. I've been in the Army, and I've done all these manly things, but I'm also a very gentle and genteel, touchy-feely kind of guy. There's a feminine side to all men, and there's a kind of a rugged side to lots of women. And so, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, that's why we shouldn't judge a Gina Carino for having big muscles. She wants to be a big old dudely chick. Let her be. I think that's great. And if there's going to be effeminate males out there who want to dress and drag and do their thing, and that's their thing, let them. Um, all I mean to say is is that um, there, the spectrum of femininity to masculinity uh, in each person is different and and where someone lands on that masculinity femininity scale should not matter whether or not they have a penis or a vagina you know what i mean we should let people be whatever they are despite uh you know common misconceptions in our society 
Well, yeah, that's exactly it. Just let people be themselves. And going mm-hmm. back to the whole, like, white men's, you know, complaining that mm-hmm. people are given special treatment. Like, right. on an individual basis, like, yeah, maybe someone has had a difficult life as a white person, but you need to be able to step back and take it intellectually as yeah historically right this has happened this has happened it's not my situation necessarily but as a whole right that's what Mm -hmm. has happened well and be able to differentiate that as a white male myself i'm not as conservative as them but i can understand to a point i understand the white male grievance a little bit it's just that they take it too far they they think that we shouldn't um try to heal old wounds by hundreds of years of mistreatment of black people mm-hmm. or that we shouldn't um, give women more attention and, and, and equality because we're all equal now. Now there could be a case to be said that when it's kind of like affirmative action, for example, affirmative action is trying to right the wrongs that have been set forth by a culture where uh, especially black women uh, don't get ahead because of their blackness or being a female. And and so they're trying to create an inherent adjustment in our society to correct those societal wrongs. Now, that being said, um, is there such a thing as affirmative action going too far? I would submit that perhaps. Now, I'm not saying, though, that we should get rid of it. By no stretch should we ever stop trying to correct the wrongs of society's ills. But at the same time, um, you know, it's like nowadays, like you can't even you know, cast a white man in anything anymore because there's such a toxicity in being white and male anymore that, yes, we should absolutely celebrate black women. We should absolutely celebrate uh, uh, people of different ethnicities. Absolutely, of course. But I think white men are starting to notice that they feel virtually ignored in our society. And and, and on one hand, wham, yeah. get over it. Because in a way, it's like, okay, now you know how these people have been feeling. Right. (laughs) They've been feeling like this for 200 years, so suck it up, buttercup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit. And I I hopefully someday it'll just kind of balance out and none of it will be necessary because society will have evolved. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, right. (laughs) But that's, you know, ideally. That's that's ideally what we want. Right. I'm going to let the cat out. Hold on. Well, and that's why I bring this up, because it's one of those subjects that doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, we absolutely should uh, do what's right for women, do what's right for people of color, and do what's right, and then celebrate our differences and celebrate uh, our lives in such a way where we can, uh, you know, any good, intelligent, emotionally mature male, especially white men, should know that men have had a lot of advantages in the last 200 years, whereas a lot of women and black people and people of color have not. Now, at the end of the day, can affirmative action go too far? I think it can. I mean, a good example is like back, remember back when the, you know, liberals were all about, you know, the opioid epidemic and they wanted to correct that and their way of correcting it is by getting rid of it altogether. It's like, well, shit, now the men who and women who need it can't get it. So there is such thing as course correcting too far. And that's all I'm trying to say is just, Affirmative action is good, but if it goes too far, what it does is it starts to create 
mentalities in our culture that white men are just inherently bad and we can't have yeah, that either no but like i said i think hopefully eventually it'll even keel itself out enough that none of that's even necessary right and it's just it's growing hmm. pains well and w- that is right it's the social growing pains that's exactly what it is is that we work these things out you know gay marriage used to be a big problem in our culture there was a lot of debate and now nobody really cares much about it marijuana the supreme court well yeah well that's because <laughs> I mean, they're conservative right now <laughs> that's just it we can't have regressive uh judges out there they need to be forward thinking enough to understand where society is going if they don't do that and they can't do that then what they can't be objective mm-hmm you know but let's put them on there anyway yeah well that's fucked i know um yeah. that's a that's a whole bottle of wax for a different day but yeah, it is. i just mean to say that but i do understand at least a little bit i understand that white males are feeling a little discouraged in our society not yes there is that case to be made where right wing incels and all these pansies screaming about equality and their rights it's like, dude, you aren't the oppressed people. So, you know, but at the same time, it's complicated in the sense that white men are not getting a whole lot of advantages in terms of better jobs and better outcomes anymore. Well, and I, it depends on the area and it depends on the, yeah, right. the industry. Yes. Because in some places, it's still very much the case. So well, it doesn't trickle down to like the type of things that we do or we're involved in. But in certain areas, well, I think. what I would say is, is that um, do I feel an inherent advantage over being white and male? Not really, not anymore. I think I would get further as a black woman right now because of the times we're going through. Because we are granting women and and people of color greater. Yes, no. That being said, there are advantages that I don't always see, yeah, like absolutely, like being harassed and harangued by police officers. Exactly, I probably have been let off the hook a lot more because of that. Yeah, you don't realize it because it's the things that don't happen, right? So it's not as right. as apparent, right? But. And I'm not trying to give cover to these right wing crazies who are trying to make us go back to the old ways, the old pa- white patriarchies, where they want white men to be rulers and women to be submissive and demure, and we're, you know, black people, we're working in our kitchens. That's what they want. That's wrong. Yeah. All I'm saying, though, is, is that white males are just people. At the end of the day, I think some white men are just feeling aggrieved because we're not getting ahead anymore either. The middle class is gone. Well, as far, yeah. I mean, people like myself. Yeah. You know, I just mean to say that I'm a veteran. There's more veterans living under bridges right now than there are veterans succeeding in tech, in commerce, in good quality jobs. Why is that? has nothing to do with whether I was a veteran or not. It has to do with the fact that there's no middle class anymore and that the corporate oligarchies are swallowing up opportunities left and right to where there is none for anyone. And so that's why we, as a podcast and a brand, Chef by Comedy, as progressives, we want our society to learn and grow and uh, understand our own biases, but also more than that, to learn that uh, in order to push our society forward, we ourselves must also learn self-awareness. Now, that being said, um, I don't feel a great advantage of being white anymore. I just don't. I don't think white people are getting ahead any better than black people. That being said, 
I don't think I would want to be black right now because there's too much I racism. Think if you'd go to an I'm, inner city, you'd be completely oh, different. Sure. So that's, yeah. Absolutely. Like we're just kind of out of it. Yeah. As far as. Well, I just don't feel any inherent it. advantage over being a dude no. or white. It seems like it also- causes more problems than it causes solutions. And I think that's because we are becoming more tolerant of women and equality. We are getting better. We are improving. But there's a lot of people out there, If I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it does feel like a lot of males in our culture are being just generalized as the toxic masculinity. People are using hate terms too much. They say they people rage quit. People rage this and they rage that and they rage, rage, rage. And if you put the word rage in front of something, it, it makes something that's not that bad look terrible. And so I think the media has kind of a tendency to make it seem like uh, males are much worse than they really are. And that's not to say there aren't terrible white males out there. I just mean to say I'm not seeing the advantage anymore. I just I'm not. And that doesn't mean that I don't have them. That just means... I'm not seeing a terrible advantage. Nobody's paying my bills. Nobody's giving me jobs. Well, just being not rich in this country. Mm. Right. It's That's just, what I mean to yeah. say. Right. Mm-hmm. The the working, struggling poor, the working class, uh, I don't think they give a fuck whether you're black or white or Mexican or what. They don't care. Mm-hmm. And their indifference to white men is just as strong and palpable as it is to their indifference towards Mexican women. Etc. As long as you're lower class. Yeah. As long as you're lower class, right. Yeah. It's almost like being of lower middle class is its own um, stain that they don't want to, you know, and, and we see that a lot. We see that, um, look at Donald Trump. That motherfucker, if he was poor, would be in jail already, but he's protected yeah. by his wealth, mm-hmm. by those Absolutely. lawyers, you know. Yeah. And so speak on that. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say is that I'm not saying that men, there aren't terrible white men out there. Of course there is. But there are a lot of good white males out there. And I don't think that our society is moving forward by perpetuating this idea that white males um, don't deserve fair treatment. I mean, but at the same time, women and people of color do, too, of course. It's across the board. It's just one of those nuanced subjects that requires a really good examination. And people aren't smart enough to do that. Right, so right. People just, generalize. In general, if... Well, and that's the thing. Like, when you say the, the white male thing, like, it's... <clears throat> Fucking rich white males. All these assholes associated right. with Trump that have gone to jail, that have gone to prison. They're all fucking white men. So that's the thing. Like, yeah. It, they're not when, making wet white dudes look like no, good people. Exactly. And it does so, paint white males as being tyrannical it it or criminal or oppressive or toxic. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I'm not trying to lay cover for terrible white men. I'm just simply saying that as a white man myself, I don't feel this inherent sense of, ah, it feels good to be white and male. I don't feel it anymore. I I never really did feel it. No, but like I said, again, it's the things that don't happen to you. Right. And you don't even think about it because it doesn't happen. I agree with that. Absolutely. Especially when you're in our income bracket and lower. Yeah. Shit's just hard for everybody. Right, and I'm and, glad you said that because I'm going to kind of uh, switch gears here a little bit. Uh, is there anything more we can say about that topic in terms of, I just, like I said, I think the reason why the the vast majority of, like, mental health cases where people shoot up schools and shoot up places, they're always conservative white male incels. We call them incels 
They may or may not actually be getting laid. I don't know, but we call them that because it's have feel- you seen them? <laughs> Which means involuntary <laughs> celibacy, if you don't know. Yeah. Um, but I just mean to say that yes, there are some just they cry a little too much about the unfairness of the world without ever having tried. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like or having their quit shitty being attitudes. weird, quit being creepy, yeah, comb quit your being, hair, quit being an asshole, quit being a right, shitty person, right. and then maybe people will respect you and want to be around you. But if you have that attitude, no shit, nobody's going to want to be <laughs> yeah, near you. Exactly. Right. Right. They and don't I, have the ability mm. to like look inward. Yeah. And they have to blame it all on everybody else in society right. instead of taking some of the blame for it. Exactly. And then I'm not trying to lay cover for those people. I'm yeah. not. I mm-hmm. I promise you that. No, I just mean to say that um, you're right. Um, uh, some of the entitlements that white people have are not so much as what we get, but so much as what we don't get yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And you're right on that. No, absolutely. That's a learning teaching moment um but i do just mean to say that um the middle class the lower middle class the working people in our country are just livid we're sick of it we're broken speak on that because i think that's the greater conversation is that poor people are yelling at poor people poor people are yelling at rich people we're all mad at each other nobody's getting along and at the end of the day nobody's trying to solve this not only the man-woman relations, but the rich-poor relations, or the have versus have-nots, or the uh, corporate versus working person agendas. At the end of the day, everybody's broken and fucked up, and how do we traverse that? I don't know. There's gonna got to be <clears throat> huge changes that I don't see happening anytime in the near future, but the reason that poor people get mad at poor people is because rich people are telling them they should be mad at each other. So like the Fox news agendas and stuff. Yeah. They're, they're trying to take attention away from what they're doing and that they're the cause of all this shit and trying to get pit people against each other because of race Mm -hmm. or, or jobs or any, any number of things to keep the attention away from them and what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and this is not about laying cover for those bad white males. That is a movement culture of entitlement. That is a movement culture of, oh, poor me. I can't get a job. Oh, poor me. I can't try hard. Oh, I can't get a date. Well, comb the fucking crackers and out of your fucking beard and, and put on a fucking clean shirt, dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> Work out once in a while. Maybe eat something other than pizza. I don't know. What do you think? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm not trying to lay cover for these incels and these woe is me conservative whites who are trying to pull our country backwards to a time when men were in charge and women stayed silent fuck no no but i do feel as a white dude that there is a common theme in my life and that is women are especially harsh to men when they're wronged and uh, i've had women go off on me and i'm like jesus christ you would think I fucking caught their house on fire. And it's like, hey, I'm the I'm I've said it once and I'll say it again. I am a kind-hearted, gentle, loving progressive. But I'm also a dude, and I'm also 50 almost. And I'm also tired. And so when you poke the bear, don't get overly surprised when the bear goes bear on you. <laughs> so when women like these women who outed us at the beginning of season four and we talked about that we didn't do anything wrong the only thing i was guilty of is mistreating them because they were mistreating me 
right yeah. oh, they had no right to um to obsess on and create more there than there was that being said my point is only that i've had enough falling outs with females these days to realize that some females not all of course but there are some females out there who just they call everything toxic masculinity we're not allowed to exist yeah and most of those women are just fucking mm. spoiled white women that take liberalism to the extreme. And right. That's, that's probably it. They're just too woke and cancel culture-y yeah. to understand where the line should be drawn. Yeah. You know, because so, I, every day, go out of my way to be peaceful, to be kind, to help women, women's rights, uh, to, to help uh, black lives, black lives matter, to help people of color, and to bolster up those people. I love black artists i love black actors i love people when they're classy and kind so it doesn't matter to me what color of skin you have but if you're a turd you're a turd the end yeah <laughs> you know what i mean but what what can we do though i mean we're living in a culture where we can't help being white we can't help being a man we can't help being female we can't help being black we are what we are and uh so how do we get through those growing pains right now that we're going through in our culture and society to arrive at the other side like a star trek where there is no racism there is no um uh, misogyny how do we how do we find the self-awareness within ourselves to realize that we're not being fair to the opposite sex or we're not being fair to uh somebody of a different culture or race well you said it right there you have to look in yourself and you have to be willing to do <laughs> and that so a lot of people and, don't do that yeah, a lot right. of people don't or they don't want to and you just well, have to be willing to do that and if you see things that you're doing wrong then say okay i shouldn't do that correct it move on and yeah that's how things get better it's just individuals now what about like you know when you know, like today for example i was you know arguing with my mom and i exploded I am so embarrassed by that because that is so not me. I'm, I am not proud of that, but it's because the people that know us the best know exactly where our buttons are. They can play us like a Stradivarius and they know every little button they can press to tear us down, to make us feel like crap, to whatever. When the nurturers in our life become the destructors, we grow very offended by that. And that's what offended me, is when the people in our life that are meant to be our nurturing, kind souls, and they turn on us, um, it, it it upsets our world. It, it, it upsets our understanding of things. And so, I, I went a little bonkers there temporarily, and then I realized that's not productive either. But what it, what I think it is, what I what it boils down to is that, frankly, I've just never gotten over being unhappy. And that's where I wanted to pivot. Yeah, I don't think people these days are happy. And so we're all what? Broken. We're all a little bit sort of fragile. And fragile people have a tendency to get explosive when they're not healed. How do we, yeah. as broken people, as unhappy people, trying to be happy, but not necessarily happy, how do we, tr how do we, because I, you know, it's not, you know, because happiness is a choice in a lot of ways, you know, and of course there's chemical reasons why we might not be happy, and that's why some people go on medications and such. But how do we as people um, choose to be happy? Because it seems like there's some people that choose to be happy every day, and then there's some people who choose to remain 
unhappy. And I think when you have depression, you have to choose happiness and positivity every single day. So how do we do that? I mean, yes, we fuck up, we make mistakes, we yell, we scream, we cry. But at the end of the day, we, we hopefully we're learning from that bad behavior and we make better choices in the future. That all being said, though, until you're feeling whole, you're never going to truly heal. So how do we do that? You have to. It's hard. I mean, you have to pay attention to what you're doing. And when something happens and you tell yourself, I need to stop doing that. Yeah. Then actually work on that and be mindful of what you're doing and how you're acting. And it's it's hard because, yeah, life is hard. Being having depression is really difficult. Yeah. And some days you just can't. Like yeah. days, it's just not going to happen that you're going to be happy, but try not to take it out or make it worse or it exacerbate it. Or, or stay down in it. Like it's okay once in you a while. You can live in it for of, a day or two. Mm-hmm. Just don't live in just, it for a year. So it just all comes down to being aware of yourself and what's going on. Well, that's what I meant about like when I said Joe Rogan says that people, he hates the kind of guys that are like, you know, the can't catch a break guys. And I'm like, well, tough shit, rich guy. I'm sorry that my yeah. fucking un- disfortune, my misfortune uh, is causing you an inconvenience, you know? And all I mean to say is, is he's right in a general sense that we shouldn't live like that. Yeah. But in the moment, you have to process your feelings, mm-hmm. you know? That's yeah. all I was trying to say. Well, yeah, and it's easy for rich people to say shit like that. Yeah, like, sorry mm-hmm. that my existence is a buzzkill to you. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't exactly. like people not catching a break, give them more fucking breaks. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just don't think that we're becoming a selfless society. That's what I want. When I teach progressivism, I'm not doing it for political reasons. I'm trying to teach people best practices so that we grow, that we learn, that we evolve, that we become more self-aware. And at the end of the day, we become better lovers, carers, thinkers, and healers. At the end of the day, what I want people to do is is um, to l- find within themselves the the pathology that's going wrong in them and be self-aware enough to, to, to try to do better. Yeah. That women treat men better. That women, that men treat women better. At the end of the yeah. day, when we have falling outs with people, um, it's usually because one party or both parties just don't care enough. And then you go, fuck it. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's yeah. why there's falling outs. But when it's your mom, when it's your wife, when it's your husband, it's a lot different. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because I feel terrible about the fight we had on Friday. I feel terrible about the fight I had with my mom. But at the end of the day, it's because, um, sometimes I feel like people just assume that we don't have feelings that we're not people, you know? Yeah, it does. Happen. Men feel like they don't, that no one in our society treats us like we have feelings that we don't deserve, you know, to be more than just a penis, more than just muscles, more than just a job. We are just as intricate as people as women. And that's yeah. what bothers me about being a male is I don't mind being male, but I, I want, I don't want to be, judged for being white i don't want to be judged for being a man i i'm a very kind person but when i get upset it's like it comes out as masculine depth voice and then people say well see 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 you're a tyrannical male you're toxic masculinity 
It's like, no, I'm just voicing my opinions. They just happen to be with a deep voice. I can't help that part. <laughs> yeah. And kind of goes the other way with women, too, because women, it's always like, oh, women are too emotional. Women are too emotional. So you you express any type of emotions like, see, see, right. that's it. So it's we're just, unfair to both sexes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, I yep. agree. I agree. Um, but that's why we're talking about this, because mm-hmm. this is not about perpetuating unkindness. This is not about perpetuating uh, male toxicity or, you know, because I think men are just as guilty of as women in that regard too men tend mm-hmm. to generalize about women women tend to generalize about men and we all tend to generalize to make a point it doesn't mean you know nuance is there but a lot of times when we're trying to console someone you know like i told my friend you know like well maybe you know because he, he said that his wife you know treats him like you know, she was just been burned in life by men her whole life and that she doesn't know how to see men as people. And I was like, yeah, she's probably fucked over too many times. And that's something that she's going to have to work on mm-hmm. to find the self-awareness to realize that you're not those males, that you're not yeah. the one that hurt you. And because she's he said that she he she treats him like he's not kind enough or sweet enough. And then he's like, well, I'm trying to be, but. Everything has to be so sugary sweet, he said, that it's like we're in an argument. I have to stop and find a way to sweeten what I'm trying to say when I'm pissed. It's like it doesn't always work out that way in the moment. Which actually is not a bad thing. Because trying to sweeten what you're going to say, because sometimes you get too... Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we, we get, get harsh. too harsh yeah. in arguments. So of there's course. A, like, like everything, balance. Well, and that's why we have to learn to forgive each other after a blowout or something and realize that, no, I'm not a crazy person. Just that when you push my buttons and I feel disrespected, especially when I'm already feeling fragile and broken, you get explosive in that moment. And then afterwards, you feel like a f- goddamn fool afterward. And you're like, God, what am I doing? You know, so I'm not I'm not proud of that. And I want to work on that. But like I said, until I'm feeling in our culture a little more liked and loved and whole, I'm going to continue to probably be a little bit broken. And so how do we show restraint when we're just so frustrated all the time? You know, you just have to do it. I mean, because, yeah, you can't depend on society changing because it's right. probably not going to. And if it does, it's going to be a long time. It's It'll not- be after we're <laughs> dead and gone probably Mm -hmm. because well social progress takes a long time it takes time yeah i mean we've we've got made leaps and bounds in the last 30 years but but there is more work to be done absolutely well just finishing that topic the difference between trying to get happy versus trying to stay sad um is that i'm not always happy Life is frustrating. I'm trying to build a brand. I don't make a ton of money. I have to depend on fucking food stamps to survive. I can barely make rent. And we have to live with uh, parents that creates a multi-generational you know, conflict. And at the end of the day, it's very frustrating because I have put in on this life. It's not like I just skated and coasted my whole life. So there's a lot of like animosity there because i went to college i worked hard i went to culinary school i went in the army. i did all these things and so when the when our culture and society isn't giving anyone anything and we have to work 10 times harder than we know how to um it's hard not to get 
angry and frustrated about that. It's hard not to have animosities and then to take those animosities and take them out on one another. I think that's kind of what's happening. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I call that kick the dog syndrome. It's where say you're at work and your boss says something unkind and it's not, it's it's kind of passive aggressive, but it's not overt. And then you sit there and you dwell on it for a little while, like, hey, I thought we were friends. What's going on? And then you go home and you're feeling yucky about it. And then you say something off color to your husband or someone, right? And then that person feels weird about it. And so it creates a cycle. Is that the kitty? Hold on, you guys. <laughs> it would not be a show without a cat interruption. <laughs> <It> would not. <laughs> Okay, Kitty is back in the room. I'm sure that'll last all of five minutes. But yeah. uh, in the meantime, uh, the point I'm saying is that um, uh, kick the dog syndrome. We all know what that is. It's when we take our frustrations out on those that we love the most. And oftentimes, we live in an unkind uh, society. We live in a society that just just never relents. It just <laughs> never fucking relents. Speak on that, please. Well, it's true. <laughs> in life, right? is just... It's difficult, and it's kind of engineered to be that way and keep us in our place. So it's just there's always something coming down on your head, it feels like. Yeah, and so I think we're in a perpetual state of brokenness to some degree. And, you know, I think the old school mentality would be, well, suck it up. You know, that would what my grandpa's advice was for everything, suck it up. And he's right to a point. I mean, do do the old school people have a point that we've just sort of all become too emotional and too wimpy and too to touchy feeling? But not. I mean, they they pulled themselves up in the days when eggs weren't five dollars for a dozen, and right rent They're, wasn't seventeen hundred dollars well, for a studio, and, and college I, wasn't so expensive. So I, I do think that there's a certain amount of man up, man up, suck it up. That can be said to a certain degree yeah. that we have all become a little bit too touchy feely, maybe just a little bit too thinky about things. But that being said, if there's a real issue and it's a pervasive mm-hmm. issue, it deserves attention, not yeah, to be buried. Absolutely. And that's what the old school would have you do is bury all these problems and then, you know, resort to drinking whiskey to 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 get rid yeah. of it. It's like yeah. uh, Full Metal Jacket. He says, if there's a problem you have that can't be solved with whiskey, you know, kind of <laughs> right. thing. And yeah. that's the old school mentality of just suck it the fuck up, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's always healthy. I think that's healthy to some in some degree, sometimes, when it comes to people that just bitch all the time. It's like, shut up. Good grief, you know. But at the yeah. end of the day, there, there, we should all... Our feelings are valid. Our our needs are valid. And at the end of the day, when our needs aren't being met, where do we draw the line between... Because I think that's what's going on. The, the right says, you know, you guys are such pussies. But then they cry when, uh, you know, uh, eggs go up. Yeah. It's no, like, it's, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you're talking about us being pussies? Yeah. Really? <laughs> exactly. What do you want, kitty? Nuh-uh. You have to stay here. <laughs> Hold on, you guys. He wants out again. Of course. But the main point I'm trying to make is that uh, life is hard. Male-female relations are always going to exist. Um, And then, of course, in a gay relationship, somebody plays the male. Somebody plays the female to some extent. There's a little overlap there. But I just mean to say that um, uh, there's always going to be the more masculine 
and withdrawn one. There's always going to be the more emotional one in any relationship, whether it's a man or woman or a man or man or woman or woman. Uh, doesn't matter what race you are. It's just life. Um, but at the end of the day, all I'm trying to say is, is that we all have feelings. We all want to be valid and validated. And not everybody knows how to validate each other in our society. And so, like, like I said with your sister, I, I have nothing but love and respect for your sister. I just hope she comes around someday to realize that I'm not just some, you know, a cave dweller. <laughs> yeah. Me too. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be I fucking know. sweet. I know. <laughs> um, anyway, we're almost done here. We've set up the problem. An hour of men and women not getting along. Uh, not getting along with uh, when you live with people of different generational needs. Folks getting older. Uh, there's a lot of conflict and, uh, uh, what it, what it requires is, yes, a little bit of self-awareness, a little bit of, uh, you know, understanding your own part in it, you know, because at the end of the day, we always think that the world is coming down on us and very rarely do we realize our own part in that, you yeah. know? It's, yeah. It's easy to kind of push that aside and not realize it or take, um, responsibility and for it. And I think it, that's or... not necessarily just emotionally dishonest mm -hmm. i don't think it's intentionally trying to be emotionally deceptive no. or dishonest i think it's pathological and that's what i meant about trump is that trump can't help being a narcissist he can't help wanting to be better than everyone he's yeah. not he'll never will be but he just can't help it it's so ingrained in him pathologically that he just can't fucking help himself and so that doesn't negate his criminal conduct and his fucking breaking laws but I just mean to say that at the end of the day, whether it's a man or woman relationship or any relationship at all, for that matter, um, is that we have to find uh, outlets for our frustration so that we don't have that constant accumulation of rage, that constant accumulation of blowing up on each other. Yeah. You know, and definitely. we need conflict resolution that that life, everything is a conflict. Anytime you disagree with someone, you're going to have some conflict. There's little light conflicts, and then there's big, big, important conflicts with my mom and I. We love each other dearly. We really do. But at the end of the day, we've always, we've never gotten along, ever. Yeah. And yet we love each other to death. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to solve it other than just to stop talking. <laughs> You know, and I'm pretty good at psychology and I just still, that's what I mean is that you could go talk to Sigmund fucking Freud and say, how was your relationship with your mother? And he'd be like, not good, not good. Because mm -hmm. like I said, you can be an expert in psychology. You can be emotionally intelligent. You can be self-aware and still not get along with some people. At the end of the day, it's just some people are just not going to change. Yeah, and that's just the absolutely. way they are. And I don't know how to sort of reconcile that in such a way where we start learning to love and appreciate each other and not blow up at each other when things are said, you know? Yeah. It's it hard. Work. It is hard. Yeah. It's very hard. I consider myself a master diplomat. I'm a master at problem solving. I'm a master at emotional um, awareness. And yet I suck at it when it comes to my relationship with you and my mom. I, 
Don't know why. I can solve anybody's problems. I don't have a fucking, uh, you know, psychology degree, but I'm just, I'm good at it because I'm an empath. I'm good at it because I'm kind. I'm good at it because I, I understand everybody's needs. And then at the end of the day, I'm very good at doling out advice. But when it comes to my own personal relationships, I'm like, good grief. Well, what happens? It's different <laughs> when emotions are involved and yeah. emotions take over the, yeah. the actual intellectual brain part. That's true. We, so. the, the, our, our, our intelligence is hijacked by our emotions. That's mm-hmm. very, very true. Yeah. How do we stop that from happening? It, it takes a very conscious effort, I think. And which is hard when you're in the middle of a lot of emotions and turmoil especially, well, and things especially happening. Especially when you're all broken inside about other stuff. Yeah, exactly. We have this tendency it's, to always feel broken and half-cocked about mm-hmm. everything. And I think that's where we're at in our society. Everybody's so f- emotionally fragile that yeah. we're just easy to hurt each other easy to throw each other under the bus yeah so how do so. we you know because we're trying to create a better culture here we're trying to create a, create a kinder better times and yet we deal with it all the time because we're not perfect people we're trying to be better we're trying to learn and grow but at the end of the day i mean you can't change society and every time i go out there there's some bullshit going on somewhere and so mm-hmm. uh, how do we process that in a way that endures and doesn't steal and rob us of our joy in the long term i haven't figured it out yet but i think <laughs> it just takes self-reflection and and being aware of what your your issues are and how you deal with them and trying to stop in the moment and think things through. Yeah. Which is not easy. I mean, it's very difficult. And I want to apologize for the leaf blower, you guys. Of course. Every fucking time. Hasn't I swear to God. for, what, a month? Right. <laughs> no. and, then, and then today, yeah. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murphy's Law, they say. Yep. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yep. <laughs> okay. What would be your advice, though, for people to find the correct outlets to see each other correctly? Like, in other words, you know, because, like, you know, some men just never come correct and never get better. Some women just are always going to hate men and and they're going to be the throwing the word toxic masculinity out of everything, even when it's not always accurate. My point is, is that at the end of the day, how do we deal with crazy people who uh, just have not healed, have not recovered, have not gotten straight? Um, how do we deal with them out in society? Because like I said, you're not going to get rid of the bad behavior. So how do we reconcile with people who uh, mismanage us, mis- mistreat us? Stay away from them. Boom. limit contact <laughs> yeah there you go and that's why i said at the beginning of the show is i'm a private person i'm a quiet person i love people um but there's just some people that i don't think are ready to to know me they're not ready to heal they're not ready uh to uh, understand and see me yeah definitely you know mm-hmm. and vice versa i'm not always ready to see them either i mean some people just have a high opinion of themselves and the only way that they'll accept you is if you accept that they're superior and it's like mm, no that's that was my uncle like yeah. he could do no wrong he was better at everything i mean mm-hmm. i graduated from emt school and he was like i did that too no you didn't <laughs> motherfucker what are you talking about yeah crazy person mm-hmm. i mean he's just one of those people like a donald trump that feels insecure and always has to one-up you that one-upsmanship they've always 
They always knew science better than you. They, they, oh, oh, you were an EMT. I was a doctor. They always got to right. one up yeah. you on something. And those are the people that I just go, good grief, get out of my life because mm-hmm. I don't think those people are, are ready to come correct. I don't think they ever will. And I think we have to be, learn to identify that, don't you think? Absolutely. And to identify the sociopaths and predators and just fucked it. What would you call those people? I call them fucked in the head, but there's got to be a works. word for it. <laughs> people that are just not ready, they're not going to come correct, and they're not going to correct themselves in the timeline that you need for there to be a resolution. And so what mm-hmm. do you do? You have to let go. Yeah, you do. That's the only way to keep your sanity well then how do we harden our hearts then because us sensitives us empaths us kind people we reel so much when there's turmoil how do we sort of admit and and just how do we like i'm i'm sitting here reeling over our fight on friday i'm reeling over my my squabble with my mom i'm reeling from it because i i wasn't very nice and and i realized gosh i i can't allow myself to explode like that anymore i feel awful and um, but I can't help it. She was uh, intentionally trying to hurt me. And I'm like, fuck that. And so how do we avoid those things? And how do we heal our hearts? And how do we grow a thicker skin so that we can be um, the healers and lovers and carers in our society? Yeah. Well, I think in the in the midst of things, you have to learn to just walk away and let it go. And that's for mm. your own sanity. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what the other person wants to do or you know, and that's in general walking away from people. Is well, sometimes you just have to. I don't always feel like I have to be right. I just want to feel like people will respect my right to a say that I'm trying to solve a problem here and you won't even listen to it. And that's on them. And you just walk right, away. Right. And you don't continue with it because well, it's I can't not take that change. darn it <laughs> I know, but <laughs> that's my I, undoing is that I'm yeah. too diplomatic I always want to be the healer the problem solver yeah. and sometimes you just have to walk away in that moment because you're not mm-hmm. going to solve it yeah and that's hard for me to do yeah as a perfectionist as a you know I know and sometimes in life you have to do that with people that aren't <clears throat> contributing to your well-being in your life and it's definitely not easy and like you said as a sensitive person as an empath it's really not easy because you always feel like you can fix it or you need to fix it and sometimes you can't yeah some people in some situations it's not possible and you have to give yourself a break and let yourself take care of yourself and learn to self-care in that Mm -hmm. moment and learn to let go in that moment yeah and have faith that you can correct it later and if not and if not oh well you did your best Mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's hard when it's people you care about yeah you know um real quick did we solve this one yet the difference between trying to get happy versus trying to stay sad some people are leaning into their happiness despite Mm -hmm. their sadness like me i i have depression i get sad i'm not a happy person always but i'm trying to be a happy person i'm trying to be a well-adjusted person Uh, i make mistakes i fuck up but i'm leaning into my happiness then there's people like robin who lean into their sadness at every, they're, mm-hmm. it's like they're, it's almost become a form of emotional manipulation where, well, we're not allowed to say anything about Robin because she's sad. It's like, well, I'm sad too, motherfucker. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So well, how do we, how do we as people learn to lean into our happiness versus um, wallowing in our sadness forevermore? It just takes a mindful <clears throat> attention to it because it's definitely easier to just, stay sad and and wallow in it 
but yeah. and some people just aren't willing to do that because they like the role of the, the, the sad person that everybody's going to take care of because yeah. no matter what you do or and say. And people fall and, for it. And, it's you know, I think we should always treat sad people with respect and dignity and yeah, courtesy. But, absolutely. But when they're doing it to the point where they're becoming manipulators, yeah, sociopaths. Mm-hmm. It's like, good grief. Mm-hmm. And that we have to learn to identify that. Yeah. 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 Because at the end of the day, I always, my instinct is always to nurture, always to be kind, always to be good. But uh, when people treat you like shit, no matter what you do, no matter how you change, no matter what you try to do to prove to these people that you're kind, that you're good, that you're intelligent, you know, like me trying to convince your sister that I'm not a troglodyte, at, one, at some point you just have to go, fuck it. That's mm-hmm. on her. That's her whatever yeah. need for growth. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um uh so 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 here I have um finding outlets, finding a baseline of comfort, security and happiness that endures. Now, something that really came to my mind the the other day when we were up at your sisters is you know, cuz I was saying, you know, this isn't a safe space for me. And I know I was being a little melodramatic in the moment because I was tired and hungover, but I kind of meant it in a way in the sense that I didn't feel unsafe, like from criminals or anything like that. They have a very lovely home. It's great. Um, I felt like Brian doesn't have a say here. Brian doesn't have equal say here. I'm just supposed to put up an endure here and we all just have to go with the flow. And, when I say security, I don't mean like food or things like that. In our home, the reason why our home feels so good is because we uh, have learned uh, to cr- make it our safe space. And I know a lot of people, that's overused sometimes. A lot of people laugh at the concept of safe space. But I do believe that having a safe space is important when it comes to feeling secure. You mm-hmm. want to feel like ninjas aren't, or Vikings aren't going to like break into your house and kill you or a stray bullet is going to shoot out of your Trump supporting neighbor's house through their wall and into your head. You want to feel a sense of security in your home. You want to feel a sense of security in who you are and what you do. And you want to feel a sense of gratification, who you are and what you're doing. And so at the end of the day, um, how do we do that? How do we find a baseline of comfort, security and happiness that endures despite the fact we feel totally fucking broken inside and our system seems to never repair itself? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) you just have to start small alcohol (laughs) weed (laughs) yeah and just try to make whatever your area is if it's a bedroom if it's a a car if it's you know just try to make your space comfortable for you yeah and welcoming and inviting for you and, and i think a good point of clarification is that if you don't feel safe in your home and you've tried everything move yeah get out yeah if you can Mm -hmm. make preparations to get out Mm -hmm. if you can't get out then you might you got to do what you got to do because i used to live with a roommate who's a former marine and uh i was you know i just got out of culinary school i was working as a chef uh, as a sous chef at this restaurant in downtown san luis obispo and uh you know it was hard it was very hard and i'd get home and i had a girlfriend and um he was just as gun-toting dude he just loved guns and gun culture and all that shit 
And I don't have anything against that. I was in the military. I I know how to shoot a rifle, but I just never took a fetish to it. You know, it was never yeah. a thing for me. Um, I can still do it. I still enjoy it, but I don't care whether I own guns or not, right? Um, but it got so bad that he would leave loaded weapons leaning against his fucking bed and then go off to Carl's Jr. somewhere. And I found a rifle leaning against his bed that was cocked with the safety off. Jesus. Wow. So I took the magazine yeah. out and I took mm-hmm. the round out and I told and I put the you know I I took you know the bullet put it on his nightstand and I took the that was the round that ejected from the chamber and I took the magazine put it on his pillow and I took the weapon and I put it on his bed and I put the safety on I said I wrote a note dude there are animals in this house if that had knocked over it could have shot yeah. into my fucking bedroom yeah mm-hmm. you know and. Eventually, I ended up moving out because he started a fight at work. I won't go into it. It was terrible. It was awful. It was right when we met. But the point I'm trying to make is is that um, if there's a bunch of rowdy, gun-toting crazies in your home, yeah, get the fuck out. I couldn't. There, I, it was his home. I, I can't tell him how to live his life. But at the same time, I had to make sure he understood that I didn't feel safe there. Yeah. That's- and that's an extreme... But example, it but, a lot. But, but it happens, yeah. right? Right. And at least you had the the knowledge of guns and things. Like, to do if that. I was in that situation, I I don't know anything about him. You wouldn't have known how to take the magazine no, out and no. co- and take the round out and no, all that, right? All. I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just mean you know, I know that's a kind of an extreme case, but I just mean to say that we're all looking to create a safe space. And at the end of the day, I feel like we have that here, but I feel like I have much to work on with it with it when it comes to the generational gap between. Uh, ourself and my mom my mom is a dear nice woman but sometimes dude whew, boy it gets hard you know yep <laughs> <laughs> any last uh, final words or advice is there anything more we can say about it what can be derived and learned about emotional maturity intelligence being diplomatic male versus female relations or just relationships in general how do we um uh, how do we grease the friction in society when most people just don't give a damn care about us humaning is hard it really it's hard is enough with, on your own and then you add other people to the mix and it just yeah. makes it more difficult it's volatile it's a and formula for I disaster think we have to learn to not only give ourselves a little bit of of what's the word i'm looking for slack that's the word i'm looking yeah. for yeah and extend that to other people yeah because we're all trying to just well yeah you're not going to get just, kindness if you don't know how to express yeah. kindness you have to learn to express kindness or else you know it's like some people will say to me like why don't you ever smile i'm like oh i don't i'm smiling on the inside mm-hmm. i didn't know that so I work harder at trying to oh, smile. I, I get that all the time. And I'll just be like, it's my face. <laughs> it's my face. It's my like, resting bitch <laughs> face. What? <laughs> People all the time ask me, are you okay? What's wrong? Nothing. It's Nothing. my face. I'm fine. This is my face. That's why I like masks. Yeah, I love the time of masks because people would look into my fucking eyes. Mm -hmm. When they look into my eyes, they see these kind blue eyes. When they look at my face, all they see is a beard and my maleness. And then they think I'm just some redneck. It's like, uh, no, I'm a hipster. There's a difference. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I just like having a beard. I want it well-groomed, but I I do it so I don't have a fucking chubby double chin. That's why I'm almost 50 for crying out loud. That's why I do it. To hide my insecurities. 
we do what we got to do. Yeah, but no, I like the. <laughs> do you like the beard? I do. Yeah. Do you like it without the beard? Yeah, but do, I like the beard a little better. Because, I think. Well, when I when I was you doing the YouTube channel years ago, um, I shaved and I got a bunch of like flack. Like people say, "You look like a dick without your beard." I'm like, "Really? I don't." <laughs> I'm exactly the same person, you know. In other words, I just have that one of those faces that looks like a smart aleck when it's not bearded, I guess. But I guess I I wear the beard because um yeah, it it masks my insecurity, but I also like the way it looks and but also uh because I look like a teddy bear and, and that's who I feel like on the inside and I want mm-hmm. but the thing about a teddy bear is you know, he's got claws. Poke the bear enough and the bear goes grizzly and all I'm saying is, is that we're we all have an inner teddy bear. We all have an inner grizzly bear. And um, how do we not poke the bear when we have to learn to get along in this world? You just have to make an effort. Yeah. How do we do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to lay it down for the folks. No, I know. You know what I, mean. I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over. You again. are, but I love you. <laughs> You're asking me the same question. So. Well, no, but it's just, I just mean to say that I want our audience to understand that we know life sucks. Mm-hmm. We know the world is hard and we know happiness is sometimes this fleeting thing. And then it goes, it gets very easy for the accumulation of frustration to make us constantly forever broken. But someday you got to, Humpty Dumpty's got to pick up the pieces and make it whole again. And how do we do that in a way that endures in, in, in the, in the long run? You just have to make the effort. Yeah. Basically. I mean, make the effort to look into yourself and make the effort to change Mm. behaviors and, 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 and thoughts and what about people that we can't get away from that just constantly antagonize us what do we do about that get away from them in any way you can whether that's like emotionally or pull mentally back when, or shut the door or well yeah because i'm i always want to share with my mom because we have a long history of friendship but we also have a long history of not getting along and 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 i love her dearly don't get me wrong she's not a bad person in any way shape or form but she's just at that age where she's like i'm 70 and you fuck all y'all and she wants what she wants and she's just stubborn about it and she's at the age where fuck you if you can't take me as i am then fuck you and i get that but at the same time it's like you know i just wanted to respect what i'm doing Mm-hmm. I wanted to respect what I'm trying to do with my life and respect my life force and respect my decisions and respect that, yes, I get frustrated, but I'm trying to be a good person, a kind person, you know? Yeah. Yeah, all I mean to say is that um, I love my mom and I feel terrible and I'm going to try harder to not blow up on her. But, I mean, she kind of was in one of her moods where she gets overly flippant and then she dares me. It's like it's like she's taunting the bear, and then when I go bear, then she tries to turn it around and martyr herself. And I'm like, dude, you know I'm trying to be nice to you, but when you poke the bear too many times, I, you can't blame the bear for going bear, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think that's a lot of people are dealing with that these days. And uh, you know, for 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 the unfortunate few who have to live with the multi generational thing because they want to live with their parents, or I have no choice but to live at home, is that um, I love my mom. I love her. I, I would protect her with my life. But at the same time, sometimes we're protectors, and then we become sort of we lose touch with our uh, our feelings to the point where we become the monster. 
We're trying to protect our yeah. mother and our family from the monster, but then we become the monster inadvertently because they make us fucking crazy. And, and that's a weird place to be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. because I don't, I love my mom. I don't want her to be intimidated by me. I don't want you to be intimidated by me. Not at all. I want you guys to live a good life and be comfortable around me and know that I'm here to protect you both. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I have frustrations I think I need to work on. We all have things we need to work on. Yeah. Honestly. It's hard to I mean, admit. if someone says they don't, then they're, they're in lying. denial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any last words, babe? I, I just think this was a good show, and a, I, I wish you a happy birthday, and I love you. And, and like I said, I want re- I want arguments, whether it be with me or whether it be with my mom. I want arguments to, to teach them a lesson so that we get better at arguing in the future. Because most people are like, oh, well, I promise never to argue again. Horseshit. You cannot make that promise. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is promise not to explode on that person. What we can yeah. promise is not to go crazy. Mm-hmm. What we can promise is to be to, to, to be more fair to one another and to... I don't know, to maybe just, I don't know, trim the claws a little bit. Yeah. Not go for the jugular. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it takes a conscious effort. I mean, you have to be aware of it and what you're doing. You really do. And I feel terrible because my poor mom, she's an old lady. But at the same time, sometimes I I can't help it. And it's just one of those things. And because, and then that's what kind of drums up this like, you know, this desire to succeed because I've always been very assertive and wanting to uh, succeed. And when you see a culture not helping anyone try to get ahead anymore, it's like, how do you fucking reconcile with an indifferent culture that doesn't care whether you're poor or not? Mm-hmm. Fuck you. I want yeah. money. The end. But I, I but I want to do it the right way. I want to do it the good way. I want to do it in a way where I'm helping people to the full extent of my energetic effort. To mm-hmm. the full extent that I can, I want to. Yeah. I, I want people to trust in me as a brand, as an institution, as a soldier, as a Boy Scout. I want people, you guys out there, my audience. I want you guys to trust me implicitly. That when you give me a dollar or two on uh, Patreon or on uh, the, our various tip jars on Linktree, I want you guys to know that that money is not going to be going up my nose. It ain't going to be going on booze. It ain't. It's going towards a better life and a better future for this brand and for this institution so that we can make people understand um, that we're all human, that we're all flawed, and that we all have uh, issues. But when we work on those issues, we it's, a ther- it's therapeutic, and we mm-hmm. work on them. And that's why I decided to do the show today, because I knew I knew something good would come of it, and I, I feel darn good about it. And I thank you, babe, for doing it with me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. (laughs) Happy birthday. Thanks. 50-year-old. I know. You look darn good, though. I'm old ass. I know. (laughs) You look damn good for a 50-year-old, though. I don't see a wrinkle on you. Well, I got Knock knock on podcast, Matt. (laughs) Anyways, thank you guys. Thank you guys so very much for being a friend. Thank you so much for being uh, a part of this empath tribe. We are trying to become an institution for you, with you, and uh, about you. 
uh, we are trying to talk about real shit in the real world because, frankly, a lot, a lot of people just aren't doing it. So welcome back to Season 5, Episode 1, uh, Hardships and Conflict Resolution. Uh, be on the lookout, ladies and gentlemen, for what? For my YouTube channel, Chef Bry Comedy. Go subscribe, please. Go on over there. I've got five whole subscribers. I need at least... A thousand before I can get monetized. <laughs> I am a long ways off, but we're just doing it for fun. We want to go on there and do paranormal reviews for because we are a paranormal. We are paranormal, quote unquote, experts. We're paranormal enthusiasts with an expertise uh, on the paranormal as empaths, and we want to talk about uh, some of the various. Um, TV shows out there. We're going to do what's called paranormal roulettes, and we're going to, you know, uh, uh, whatever it lands on, we'll do it. We'll watch two, three episodes, however many that we need to in order to get a, a gist of how good it is and what might be wrong with it. And is it contributing to the paranormal field in an, an appreciable way? Mm hmm. And then I'm going to do movie reviews and stuff like that. But then also look out for the other YouTube show and podcast called, yes, Chef Bry's Food for Thought. You don't have the time or the endurance to listen to me go on for an hour and a half. Hey, go to Chef Bry's Food for Thought. It's going to be all about my musings and rants and dissertations. Humor meets heart. Uh, we're trying to be fun but real, and that's what it's all about. Chef Bry's Food for Thought. On the podcast, Spotify, no way, Kitty. I am not stopping for you. <laughs> thank oh you, guys. There's a cat scratching at the door, but thank you so much for being a friend. And if you want to get in on the conversation, come on over to uh, Surviving Empathy Podcast. I also have a brand new Instagram called Chef Bry Comedy. I wanted to take it before someone else did. Uh, Someone out there named Brian is a chef, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm at Chef Bry Comedy and Surviving Empathy Podcast on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter at Surviving Empathy Podcast as well as Facebook. And where are you at, honey? Spooky, nerdy gal. No, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> no, kitty. <laughs> She's just going, scratching, going, is, cat is, scratch fever on she's us. She's done. She's over it. Um, well, good thing we're done. Yep. Thank you, guys. Uh, come on over to my link tree. That's where you can find everything. That's linktree forward slash comedy. And you can pitch in a dollar or two until we're monetized or sponsored. That's what it's all about. We're trying to build an empath tribe. We're trying to talk about real shit in the real world for real folks. That's what it's all about. Thank you so much. We love you. Have a good day. Cheer up. It'll get better. Count to 10. Take a nap. Drink a, drink a shot of whiskey, but don't do too much. Exactly. And only if you're over 21. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> take, take care. Bye-bye. Okay.